Hello everyone and welcome to Refugee Realities, a forward-working podcast series produced by the MSc students on the Forward Displacement and Refugees course in the LSE Department of International Development. Maud Guibert and myself, Denis Amirat, will be your host and we are thrilled to bring you this special series in celebration of Refugee Week UK. During this series, we'll delve into the diverse realities faced by forcibly displaced individuals, exploring the policies, experiences, and initiatives that aim to support and empower refugees. Join us as we engage in enlightening conversation with guests from local organizations here in London, as well as international NGOs and institutions. Hello, today we are welcoming Farida, who was Senior of Accountability at Violet's organization. She is now volunteering with them. Uh, Violet, which is an NGO based in Gaziantep in Turkey, working with Syrian communities and internally displaced persons in northern Syria since 2013. Farida fled her home country, Syria, and arrived in Turkey in 2015. She joined Violet in 2016 after working for months with the Catholic Relief Services and has since worked on many different projects in Syria. In this podcast, Farida shares her story and talks to us about her own involvement in humanitarian work. We get her views on what refugees can bring to responses to forced displacement and on the impact of refugee-led action on the experience of other forcibly displaced persons. Farida, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, so you've been working since 2016 with Violet. Could you tell us a little more about the work of Violet with internally displaced persons in Syria? Hi, Maud. Thank you for having me to engage with this podcast. Uh, actually, Violet is uh, specific for relief for uh, IDBs in Northwest Syria. Violet uh, is started as a foundation in 2012 and registered in Turkish in 2014. Uh, the mandate of the organization has been to support the most vulnerable crisis affected communities, families and individuals with the humanitarian assistance, which is largely IDPs due to their high vulnerability. This and the date remains both due to the determination circumstances in Northwest Syria. So thank you, Farida, for this quick presentation. So our second question is, how did you first become involved with Violet and what drove you to join this NGO in particular? Okay, Yanis. Uh, as soon as I arrived in Turkey from Syria, I started looking for work in the humanitarian field to complement what I was doing in Syria. I applied to several organizations and several positions, and my first job was working with CRS organization, as mode mentioned, and then I moved to work with Violet organization. Um, honestly, working in international organization was a great uh, experience. However, working with organization that work directly with the field, um, I mean in the field uh, inside Syria, with direct contact with affected communities, was my preference. 
So what drove me to do that is the shared feeling of suffering. Uh, my point here is that I lived in, or let's say, almost similar situation to what people affected by the war in Syria uh, went through. And therefore, I hope to help providing the support they need. In addition, the full knowledge of the country uh, geography, you know, and the tradition and the nature of people and how to deal with them uh, because all of these factors must be taken into consideration not just knowing that they are in need or just to provide them the, the, the assistance or the implement the, the, the projects or the activity without taking into account what has already been mentioned yeah, so from what I understand, you joined a humanitarian organization to kind of complement what you were doing in Syria. Um, and so you studied law before before leaving Syria and was working with an NGO something that you had always envisioned for your career? Or was this more driven by your personal journey? Yeah, actually, I didn't study law in order to continue just in this field to be a lawyer but from my point of view here uh, law uh, interested with the humanitarian work uh, this is again my personal opinion so how how yeah let's say how does it intersect the law and humanitarian work as a lawyer your role is to uh, to defend uh, uh, the people, uh, the vulnerable people, sorry, and uh, achieve uh, a possible justice, a minimum, a maximum possible justice, let's say. And this is, was my objective, or let's say goal uh, in studying the law. But I saw through this, uh, the humanitarian work field, the organization, let's say, that we are in some way able to protect the affected people uh, from suffering or at least reduce it to uh, minimum things. And this, this thing, or let's say let this matter was reflected in a great way in my aspiration and especially uh, for the future. Uh, therefore, I hope that I will be able to do further education here in the UK to combine my previous education as I initially studied law and knowledge and my experience, my field of humanitarian work to study the humanitarian law. Uh, so this is not normal motivate for me, but... Uh, just to be an experience and education at the same time. So thanks very much for that insight on your education. But the fourth question that we have, after occupying various positions within Violet, you become at a senior level of accountability. Why do you think accountability is so important to improve the work of Violet? Okay, 
not just because um, I want the senior accountability, I'm saying that, but the accountability is one of the important pillars for any work, in, let's say, in the organization field. And each organization must highlight this part in its work, in its work because it's mainly preserves the nature of the relationship between the organization and the communities benefiting from its services or the, the projects and between the organization and the donors or let's say partners and even between the organization and its employees so we have three level uh, with the accountability so uh, the organization must have the transparency and build trust between them and the communities they work with or in, let's say. So if I was to talk about the organization and the communities, I would say the accountability exists in order for the communities in which we work to be involved them in the design of the projects. It's the first uh, steps with the accountability. It's called participation. So, uh, as I mentioned, to be involved in the design of the projects or activity, uh, what we're doing in these uh, steps by taking what are they need in needs or what they want, and this is considered of the beginning of the building trust between the organization and the communities and taking their feedback to build up the projects or design the projects so it's very important step to start it with uh, build your projects so we have to involve them to engage them participate participation so here we started with the accountability uh, after that the process of sharing information with them begins because the sharing information it's the next phase of the accountability or let's say the next step with the accountability how to do it uh, as I mentioned sharing the information with them what is the information should be shared the information about the project or let's say the service that we provide and what the method of communication with the organization it's called crm compliance report mechanism in case they faced any problem or they have feedback that's related to the services provided or even related to the employees if they did anything wrong let's say as I mentioned this stage is a key to in order for them to have full knowledge full information what the organization does and their voice is heard and they have the right to share their opinions or their feedback well, as I mentioned about the first phase and second phase, the participation and sharing information, I will tell you about the third one, is to build an affected complaints and feedback system that start at of 
uh, the activity until after it's completed to receive their complaints and feedback for beneficiary I repeated feedback it's different to complain because feedback just to uh, share your uh, opinion is maybe it's perceptive or negative one and this third uh, phase or let's say this point is specifically uh, related to uh, how uh, Violet improving uh, their work so uh, through these complaints and feedback that they receive which can be resolve it or close it or still uh, uh, in follow up whatever uh, all of them are considered to improve maybe the same activity that's currently uh, uh, Violet's uh, doing or the services or the, the projects in future so taking into account about what uh, these uh, complaints and feedback uh, talking about or maybe uh, it can be for the employees to take appropriate action towards the, the, the employees if they did something wrong, let's say. Uh, those, it's integrated procedure for improvement, for improve the work, improve the activity, improve the behavior, let's say. Do you find that? accountability towards the donors and the accountability towards the beneficiaries that you're helping clash or defer? Also, in my opinion, it's uh, on the contrary. It doesn't clash or defer at all. Uh, where the donors directly ask, or let's say, give the support to the organization in order to comply with the accountability towards the affected population. Uh, um, and let's talk about the account uh, the accountability policy in Violet. It should be at first. Uh, I still remember the first topic about uh, the compliance with donors and partners and community, which is we work. I mean the community. So it's therefore a chain or integrated link between all parties, the community and donors and the organization implemented. Thank you so much for your insights on accountability. It is, as you said, so important. Um, I just wanted to go back in time a little because you have gone through the refugee process in Turkey yourself. Um, and I was wondering what were the main challenges that, that you faced and how maybe have these influenced your work um, at Violet later on? And do you think it is helping or sometimes exhausting having this background while working at Violet? I will tell you shortly about my uh, experience with refugee process in Turkey. Actually, uh, well, the main difficulties for me or let's say for many refugees that I faced related to work permitted and movement restriction since there are a lot of restriction in Turkey which affected my life directly and decreased my ability to develop my skills and to be normalized with the Turkish uh, community 
but that was at first uh, because you know you have to uh, cross all the barriers that's it a small things about my experience and regarding or let's say how which influenced me to work with Violet you know uh, love of helping people and giving them uh, help or assistance or whatever is an instance that is born in humors uh, so if you went through a similar experience or at least you know what's happening on the ground I mean Syria and what's what is the exist of the suffering I'm a Syrian and I serve the Syrians for me it's not exhausting at all I was working as as hard as I could to make people voices heard because it's uh, accountability responsibilities or rules in the right direction and provide them with the right assistant or with the right way and uh, linking them with the right person to answer their uh, concern or their uh, feedback. Uh, the only thing that I can say that it's exhausting is that we cannot completely end their suffering, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, and what's exhausting, as I said, is despite striving and working hard, we are filling gaps, but there are still other gaps in front of these people. And for me, when I feel exhausted sometimes, not all the time, because, you know, we are human. Uh, I immediately remember what I suffered and what, what would happen to these people uh, if I or someone else felt exhausted. Thanks a lot uh, for your insight and for, you, for sharing your experience with us. It's very touching. Uh, we have like a question that is kind of related. It is that, have you ever met uh, other Syrians, uh, Syrian refugees in Turkey, engaging in humanitarian work, such as you? And do you feel that there is like a sense of duty towards engaging in relief work among the Syrian communities? Thanks for this question. Uh, of course, and for sure, I meet, as most of the organization have the Syrian refugees working w with them. I'm not the only one. One of the most important reasons for that that they that this organization work in and for Syria and for Syria. And uh, therefore the Syrians are well aware of the country and the nature of the people and how to deal with them as I mentioned before. Uh, as for the sense of duty towards uh, involvement uh, in the relief field, it's not a duty. It's from my point of view, but it's uh, fickle things. Uh, you know, uh, not everyone has ability to, um, let's say, hearing to the suffering of the other people, for example. 
and some of them don't have the ability to uh, help or to provide or they they can't to do that so it's ethical things in my opinion of you okay so from what i can gather there's a lot of uh, other syrians that are engaged in community work uh, in turkey and operating in syria um, so linking back to current events um, both these communities have been very dramatically and terribly impacted by the february 6 earthquake uh, hitting both syria and turkey and um, how was Violet uh, impacted by that earthquake and how has the organization operated in response to this crisis? Since 2012, Violet as an organization has dealt with numerous es escalation and peaks in the Syrian crisis such as large-scale displacement, floods and fires. Uh, having well-trained and detected staff allowed Violet to act as first responder after the earthquake struck northern Syria and Turkey. <coughs> Especially Violet's effort to have strong first responders with first aid skills and psychological first aid capacity has supported the response capacity. Uh, Violet teams of staffs and volunteers are safe and able to upscale Violet's response immediately and relies on the coordination with organization and clusters to avoid duplication of any efforts, especially with the uh, limited resources available to Syrian organization at that moment. Uh, despite staff being severely affected in Turkey, on the first day, Violet set up an emergency response committee to uphold the organization key function, accountability, and most importantly, many things were the first one coordinating the earthquake response, but a lot to support necessary evacuation. And the third one, monitoring the developments inside Syria. <coughs> Here, especially, the displacement movement that happened before the earthquake. And uh, from the first day of the earthquake, Violet started to respond inside Syria by utilizing, where possible, uh, existing projects and resources to the earthquake-affected communities. Within a few hours, the emergency response team was active in severely affected area to support search and rescue efforts uh, on the ground due to the loss of homes, shelters, and displacements. Violet provided humanitarian assistance according to most urgent needs, including non-food items and winterization support multi-purpose cash assistance as well as other in-kind support. Uh, the emergency response was based on a rapid need assessment conducted in collaboration with the field team, camp managers and other stakeholders. While these 
this is the first line response we knowledge that this is neither sustainable nor sufficient to cover families needs over the coming month it's also not suitable to support recovery of their livelihoods thanks a lot uh, Farida for your insight for your experience we've learned a lot uh, throughout your of you've done for your organization uh, and your life as a refugee in the past uh, we're really grateful for that opportunity to interview you and uh, if that's okay we can link up uh, all the activities from Violet uh, to our listeners thanks for you and for your mode to let me talk about my experience and the refugee process and for Syrian IDPs